Hey, Husker fans, welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red Podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Hey folks, welcome back to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. I'm Chris Peterson and back with me as my co-host as always is Danny Gillette. And uh, we're here on Monday mornings and uh, we're going to talk some fallout about this Minnesota game. We uh, were going to do a live stream on Thursday night, but it was just too depressing and I uh, was too pissed yeah. off, frankly, yeah. to uh, to just even deal with it. So we've had a few days to recover, still painful, you know, thinking about, I just keep I, I've been running the plays over in my mind every, you know, the uh, the two false starts, the fumble, the interception in the end zone, the second and the third interception, you know, the uh, face mask on the fourth down, the fourth and 10 that was, you know, converted, just all those things. You know, if one of them, how many times have we said that, though, if one of those plays doesn't go Nebraska's way, they would win. And anyways, it just uh, it seemed like a twilight zone, man. And the no touchdown call on Gabe Irvin's run, that was absolutely brutal. I don't know how you could call that, you know, not a touchdown. And people say, oh, well, it was, you know, a bunch of compounded mistakes. It wasn't just that call. Well, in a game like this, it, that call loomed extremely large. And, um, yeah, man, it's just, it felt a lot like 2021. Absolutely a great play from the defense, uh, energetic play from the defense. I like the way that they uh, substituted different personnel in uh, at multiple times and the fact that it was effective on top of that, and yet the offense couldn't do a whole lot. And so, I don't know, man. And then I take a look at uh, Colorado, and I don't think TCU has a good defense, and we'll get into it, but this is just coming to my head right now. But um, Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, I doubted them, but they are absolutely legit, and our defense is really good, but they're going to have a, another big test coming up. And uh, I don't know, just Thursday, was it just seemed like more of the same. And we already had people calling for the firing of Matt Rule and wondering whether Dion would have been a better choice. To that, I say, let's wait a couple more games before we can make that declaration. But, you know, Husker Twitter, it's never, uh, never rational. Well, yeah, it was pretty brutal to lose and then to see, you know, Colorado go out and win the way that they did, you know, um, which is a game they very easily, you know, I think TCU sitting there like, how did we lose that? We ran for 262 yards compared to 50. TCU outrushed Colorado by 207 yards and still lost because turnovers. I mean, they had key to, they had a turnover in the red zone and that ended up costing them the Travis Hunter interception. But yeah, the Gabe Irvin play, because the thing about it is the next play, Jeff Sims yeah. throws a pick. I mean, that was the dumbest play. I don't know what he was thinking. That right there was the when he threw that play. I was like, "Oh crap!" When he threw that interception, I was like, "Because there was no there was no reason to throw that pass." And the guy on TV is like, "Oh, he didn't see him. How the hell did you not see him?" Like that was the one thing you could not do was throw an interception, and he did it. He did it twice. I mean, like the the last one, he literally just backfooted and just launched it across the middle of the field. Didn't there wasn't there was there was basically four or five Minnesota guys and one Nebraska guy. Like he could have ran, taken a sack, thrown it out of bounds. Any of those things would have been better, except just like off your back foot. Hey guys, you know, like that's exactly what he did. And that's why we lost the game. But you know, 26 games, 26 picks. So, you know, I don't know if getting Jeff Sims and out of the trans maybe that maybe that was a mistake you know, and uh, pushing Casey Thompson out the door. And I know Casey had a great game on Saturday. They also played Monmouth. So, I mean, yeah, but at, at any rate, and Casey's had, you know, his own issues taking care of the football, but um, I don't want to, you know, 
get into that at, at any rate. But um, yeah, the Gabe Irvin play was huge. And, you know, why the hell was Anthony Grant even in the game at that point? You know, the fumble. You sit there. I mean, Matt Rule literally yeah. said, you know, we're not giving this guy's not the starter because he can't handle the ball. And yeah. then it, the four minute offense, he's running the fucking ball. Like, what are you doing? And then it's like he got you know, more snaps than Ramir and uh, Gabe Irvin combined. Yeah, and then I hear, you know, it's like Sean Callahan wrote, oh, Matt Rule's frustrated about it. Well, he's the head coach. So if you don't want the guy in the game, maybe you should tell somebody. You know, maybe you should have the, the running back in the game that you want because you're the head coach. I mean, just I that can't handle this type of stuff. I mean, that's Scott Frosty type crap. If Gaber, if Anthony Grant can't hang on to the football, why are you entrusting it to him in the most important spot in the game? Because if he doesn't fumble that, we win the game. Like 100%, yep. game over. I mean, you you have the ball at the 50 four minutes left i mean you know but it's just the offensive line obviously was terrible but the two false start penalties you know and then the second drive when we kicked the field goal on the you know when, to go up 10-3 like i mean right there i i was worried i was extremely worried because you just can't let teams hang around like that in a one score game and expect to, to win it's just you, you just can't do it not to mention that their wide receiver crew was having a field day on the slants and the uh post corner routes and He's a really good receiver. There's no doubt about it. And for what it's worth, we did make life tough for uh, Callum McManus. And, you know, he still was able to put them in positions to succeed. And I thought our run defense was really good, but it was just, you know, we didn't give up too many chunk plays, but the ones we did give up, you know, loomed large given how our offense couldn't necessarily get anything going. Yeah, I mean, you had to like the defense. I mean, they were rallying to the football you know, making plays. I mean, the first, you know, everybody was talking about the three, three, five and, you know, he, um, Tony white came out playing four defensive linemen. So it's like the, the three, three, five, it doesn't matter that much. You know, it's, it's just what they're calling the scheme, but at any rate, they, um, you know, Nash had a great game. Um, I thought that uh, Malcolm Brown was spectacular. Deshaun Singleton was, you know, really great. Um, you know, Newsom played well, Hartsock had his moments, but you know that he obviously gave up the biggest play of the game, which was tough. Um, I'm sure he doesn't feel great about that. You know, they got toasted on that one. That was bad. a nice move by the wide receiver, though. That was it, it really was good it was, and it was um, yeah, it just was a bummer to see. You know, yeah, it's like absolutely. you had your help inside, and and he knows that it just he got he got beat on a great move. So you know, great players make great plays. You just have to tip your hat, but uh, you know, overall, I thought the defense was pretty solid. The thing that worried me was the pass rush. There wasn't much of a pass rush. I mean, we got a few sacks, but, um, you know, that, that concerned me. Um, I did like some of what I saw out of Cameron Leonard. I thought he held up pretty well in the run game. So I think he's going to keep playing quite a bit, but yeah, it was weird too. Like, you know, Elijah Judy, we hadn't heard him at all. And he was out there playing snaps in the first quarter. So it was just, I know they were playing a lot of guys, but, um, yeah, just there, there were some curious decisions and I am on offense, man. Like, I don't know if I don't know if what they were if they've been talking up Thomas Fedoni and he's not been that, but he didn't he didn't even receive a target in the game on Monday or on on Thursday, and it just it didn't look he didn't look great to me. No, and you know I think it became very clear early on that we don't have the horses at wide receiver. Um, you know, for all for all talk about Jeff Sims not throwing the football, we we don't have the weapons at wide receiver right now, and I was thinking of you know Xavier Betts the entire game because he would have definitely made a difference out there. And um, you know I I think I hate to say next year already, but next year's recruiting class is when we'll begin to get some more of those weapons in. But right now I don't I don't necessarily know if there's 
a go-to guy at the wide receiver spot. No, well, I was really just—I mean, Billy Kemp was a—you know—no was <clears throat> excuse me was a no-show. Um, Washington played well, and turns out he was suspended for the first half. So hopefully that's not the case this week. But he made a—he made a couple of nice catches there in the second half. But yeah, it's not—it's uh, not, there's just aren't there aren't any guys that can create a ton of separation, and hopefully they can get Malachi Coleman and Jaden Doss and some of these you know freshmen up to speed because they might really need them now, especially. Um, it sounds like um, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is going to be out maybe for the season. I mean, Matt Rule said just looked like a severe injury after Thursday. So, I mean, maybe they'll get fortunate and it won't be. But, you know, if it's a if it's a tear of some sort, you know, he's obviously going to be, you know, down. And, and he was starting the game on, you know, he started obviously because Washington was suspended. But still, you know, it's just uh, there's been a lot of uh, shots to that depth chart. Yeah, I was thinking about Xavier Betts, too. There's just you know, that speed of, of being able to throw the football to somebody, you know, in a, a swing route or something. Nebraska just doesn't have anybody that's like, hey, we have to, if, if we can get the ball into this guy's hands, like good electrifying things will happen. Nebraska doesn't have a single player outside of, I guess, Jeff Sims running the ball, but but there's not a single player on this offense that an opposing defense has to like scheme for. It really has to worry about. And even Jeff Sims running, running the football, I worry about how many hits he takes, no matter what. You can you know, learn how to fall and things like that. But I just worry, you know, he had a he had a great game rushing the football, but I don't know if I like him rushing the football that much throughout the entirety of the season. Yeah, 19 times is not – that's not sustainable. He's not going to last if he, if he runs the ball 19. I mean, and this is a guy that's not that's, – he's never played, you know, he's never made it through an entire season healthy. So, you know, he – I, yeah, I, I questioned that. And um, I mean, Gabe Urban had like, what, seven or eight carries for 55 yards. I know he had a 27 yard run, but it's like, why aren't you giving him the ball more? And I thought the same about Ramir Johnson. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of interesting. And, and maybe, you know, some of that stuff was maybe read option stuff. But there was a lot, it seemed like a lot of designed runs for Jeff Sims, which did did surprise me. I didn't expect that. I mean, it worked, you know, but at the same time, I think. You know, they need to trust the running backs a little bit more. And, yes, you know, it's 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 one game. They'll get things cleaned up, I think. But, I mean, there were a lot of uh, a lot of red flags on the offensive side of the ball on Thursday that, quite frankly, I don't know, can be fixed. I mean, we don't have that number one wide receiver like we just mentioned. You know, we don't necessarily – with Sims, he tends to lock on his initial read too often. And then, you know, the corner can come over, read that, and make a play. I'd like to see if he can go through his progressions or at least, you know, move his eyes a little bit, you know, around the, but when he's in the pocket to at least kind of throw off the defenders a little bit. Cause even on the, you know, TV broadcast, you could see him kind of, you know, lock in on a receiver and see what could happen. And unfortunately, um, you know, the corners were able to lock in on that receiver as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, the things that concerned me, I guess, were, you know, no Billy. I, I really thought that Billy Kemp was going to, and he still could. I mean, it's one game. We don't want to, you know, take too much out of it. But the fact that he didn't have any receptions, at least that I can remember, and that Fedoni wasn't even targeted, because um, I thought Fedoni was going to be a, a big threat in the passing game. I really did. I mean, you know, they, they seemed like he was healthy. I mean, Matt Rule said, like, yeah, every red zone, you know, he talked he talked about how he was making plays constantly in practice. So, like we need to see that, and and if he is that good, I mean, I do think he can be that good when healthy. Like some, he needs to get some things schemed up for him to have some opportunities. But maybe he's not. Maybe he's not right. I don't know. Um, I mean, it, it does take time when it's your first 
game back. So, I mean, I think in a few games, he's going to be better than he was against Minnesota. But, um, yeah, we, we definitely, you know, uh, they need to get these young receivers up and running. You know, it was uh, Jalen Lloyd got, you know, a little, I think it was yeah. like a, a little run play. I and mean, that's what they need to do. These guys are, you know, they need, they have some speed. They've got to figure out how to use it because, man, it was, it was kind of ugly on, uh, on Thursday night. And the other thing too, it, you know, which is going to be <clears throat> interesting, you know, there's the new rules and it did make an impact this week. I think there was an average of like 14 fewer plays or 15 fewer plays or something in college football games. And I bring this up because Nebraska with the way that they're playing, I mean, uh, Thursday night's game basically was an NFL game. I think Nebraska got like eight possessions, you know, you know what I mean? So like, there's not going to – the way Nebraska plays football running in with ball control, they're not going to have more than like 60 plays a game. So it's it's really – I don't see this offense being a, a super high-scoring offense. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, built on this defense. The special teams were incredible. I, I, yeah. I was That was the one thing. You know, the coverage units were as good as I've seen in Nebraska yeah, since really Bo Pelini was the coach. I mean, really, that was – they did a spectacular job. Bushini did a great job, um, even got sacrificed his body to get the 15-yard penalty. Um, that looked like it hurt, so hopefully he's – you know, but he did a good job after that. Um, Tristan Elvano did a nice job, and I know if, if – uh, I'm confident if Nebraska would have gotten field goal range on that last drive, he would have banged it right through. I, I just – I'm 100%. I feel like he would have. And uh, at any rate, there, so there were some positives. Um, Nebraska, I thought, showed a lot of toughness. The tackling was really – yeah. Think, you know, people forget just how important tackling is on defense. And, you know, we saw how bad it was in the frost there, and it was really good on Thursday night. And Minnesota's a team, look, they're not great, but they are a team that, you know, they're tough and they're physical, and Nebraska stood up to that. But it's going to be an entirely different challenge, um, you know, this Saturday in, in uh, Colorado. It's going to be insane. But, you know, like I said, there, there are some things I think that, you know, TC was able to run the football. TC didn't give up any sacks. Um, so, I mean, you know, they also scored 42 points on Colorado's defense. So it's not like, you know, Colorado is, uh, you know, going to dominate Nebraska. I don't think that. But, yeah, there there is some concerns. Like, how are, you know, they have to stop, um, you know, Edwards, the running back. They've got to get some pressure on Sanders. And But a big thing is just, you know, tackling. Because, like, you know, that Dylan Edwards dude, I mean, you know, that last touchdown, he broke a tackle and went 40 yards. You know what I mean? So, like. Those are the, those are the types of things that Nebraska's done in the past few years, but it also too it's harder to tackle guys like Dylan Edwards and you know Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter than you know the guys that Minnesota has. Yeah, and you know they outgained TCU five hundred sixty-five to forty-one in terms of yards, and yet they still were just you know they were able to squeak by with the um, with the victory. And you know I think for Colorado, the thing that impressed me on Saturday was Sanders' ability to stay calm in the pocket, go through his reads. And, you know, I had my doubts about Sanders just for the fact that, oh, he's starting because he's the coach's son. He's starting because he's a damn good quarterback. And that was made very clear on Saturday. And, you know, I think, you know, pressure is going to be important. And if they can't get pressure, they need to they need to continue to focus on coverage because if they don't, it's going to be a long day. I mean, with Sanders, you either got to get pressure really quickly or make sure you cover the receivers well. And I know that's kind of, a simplistic way to say it but you know if you let him have time and you know dance around and make his read you know he's gonna he's gonna kill you well it's good yeah this whole thing i think is really interesting you know you have to give Deion sanders credit i mean uh tom lugenthal of uh esp or i think he works for yahoo sports or somebody now but literally last week said that colorado had the worst roster in the fbs and they just went out and beat a team that lost 
for granted, obviously a much different TCU team than last year, but you know, still it was, it was an impressive win. And I think what it shows in somewhat is that, you know, stars matter, stars matter. And that ma stars matter more than depth. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that that everybody's been talking about like Colorado doesn't have the trenches. They don't have this. Well, they showed if you've got an elite quarterback, if you've got a running back that can do a lot of things, if you've got some receivers and a dude like Travis Hunter, you can still, you know, you you can get by with maybe some, you know, because it's not like Colorado's great in the trenches. You know what I mean? But they've got these dudes and uh, we'll see which we'll see how that kind of works out. But um, I do kind of think that, you know, maybe, you know, some of these people who follow recruiting and all this stuff, you know, he's bringing in all these transfers. Maybe they overlook some of that. You know, they also overlook the impact of just having, you know, a big time quarterback and, you know, one of the best two way players that we've seen potentially in a long time. I mean, like Charles Woodson type. And, the, and uh, you know, I saw a graphic that compared, you know, Travis Hunter to Charles Woodson. And I'm the biggest Charles Woodson fan on the planet. But Charles Woodson did not play full time receiver. He played receiver like a few pet possessions a game. Like he never had. 11 receptions for 100 yards in a game ever so so travis hunter's doing things that you know we haven't seen anybody do potentially ever in this game i don't know how sustainable it is but yeah. i will but i will say that we get them in week two so it's still going to be sustainable when when we have to face them um next saturday and you know the thing about it is you know it's not just travis hunter you know it's edwards who had 135 receiving yards it's xavier weaver who had 118 receiving yards on six catches, you know, it's Jimmy Horns Jr. who had 117. And if I'm not mistaken, he's the son of Joe Horn, um, which kind of makes me feel old. But anyway, um, you know, they have weapons everywhere. And, you know, it's not just one guy that's, you know, an X factor. It's four legitimate ballers at the wide receiver position or who can catch and make plays. And, you know, I think it's going to be very important for our secretary to, if they're not going to get home, make sure they can at least cover well because. If they just let these guys run all over the field, then it's going to be, you know, a long day. And one of the things that caught my eye when I watched the game on Saturday was their ability to be in sync with the quarterback. Hunter did a good job of coming back to the ball when Sanders was out of the pocket. Same thing with Weaver and, you know, Horn. They did a good job of, you know, kind of being in sync with the quarterback on their roots. And, you know, that made life difficult for the defense. So. I don't know, man. It, 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 I'm not going to say it's going to be a long day on Saturday, but I don't like how we match up in the secondary. I like more so our running attack and just draining the clock. Yeah, Nebraska's definitely going to have to play, you know, some ball control type offense. And it's, you know, yeah, whoever, you know, Colorado wants to play a game, you know, like the one they did on Saturday, and Nebraska's going to want to play a game like they did on Thursday. And whoever kind of wins that matchup, whoever can establish their kind of game, I think is going to have a good chance to win. I don't. I'm not looking at this like Nebraska has no shot to win this game. Right. I mean, you know, we, we'd feel very differently if Anthony Grant didn't fumble that ball. You know, we'd feel very different. And I know I know we've heard all that crap like a million times as Husker fans and we're sick of it. But I do think that this team, you know, did do a lot of good things. Um, you know, the defense was was really great. You know, yeah. Matt Rule, um, you know, the physical, I think, just aspect of it, you know, and the um with the offensive line you know Turner Corcoran like you know you wrote about I don't I, I'm hoping that Teddy you know Prohoshka can can start this week because it's just clear that he's not a left tackle he just is not a left tackle and I just and Minnesota's not even a team with a great pass rush you know and, and he no. just got smoked and uh Turner was awesome. yeah and and then, and then the penalties and just uh you know it's it's tough to see but 
some guys just aren't built to be, you know, some guys aren't left tackles. And Turner Corcoran, you know, I think he can be fine as a guard, but the dude's not a left tackle. So just pray that Teddy can get healthy because he's probably the only true, I'm not going to say the only true left tackle on the roster, but probably the only one that's ready to play right now. And I really do like Gunnar Gatula. I mean, I feel like that he could probably do better than a zero pass protection rating, but yeah. uh, it's tough I to mean, throw. You just don't know what you're going to get from freshmen, so it's tough to throw them into a Big Ten game, you know. But at least you would develop Katula, right? Teddy yeah, had, Teddy had never been had never been developed, right? And I hate to go back to the Frost era, but they really, really screwed up a bunch of linemen. You know, Greg Austin was worthless. Frost was worthless. I mean, you know they. Prashaka was, or no, no, excuse me, Corcoran was the number one recruit in Kansas. And, you know, there was talent there, but he's just so far behind in terms of development. And he's never been able to, you know, get it back or get it together, whether it be injury, consistent playing time, overall skill. It's just, you know, I don't want to say he's completely, you know, helpless, but I feel like he's just too far behind at this point in his career to really kind of, find his groove you know and uh, it's um i'm kind of on another topic but you know it was i'm thinking about you know you're talking about recruiting and you know that dylan edwards visited nebraska three times you know this is a midwest kid they couldn't get him kansas state had him and then he flipped to colorado out you know so it's like he could have been on this roster running in that game on thursday night and you know also and that makes me think a little bit about like AJ Allen. Like, could if uh, if things had worked out differently, could he have helped this team? You know, because I just feel like he's a more explosive player than anybody else we have in our backfield right now. And uh, you know, we'll see. But I, I let's move on to uh, we want to do this new section here. One more thing in this Minnesota game: things that we liked and loathed. And so I wanted to. It made me think about it because uh, one of the things I loathed was the fact that Anthony Grant was in the game in the fourth <laughs> quarter. You know that. Uh, you know, look, if you fumble the ball in practice, you know, you're probably going to fumble the ball in the game. And that's why Nebraska lost. Like you can be, there's a lot of, you know, the replay call, like you said, the false starts in the inside the five. Yes. But if Anthony Grant holds onto that goddamn ball, Nebraska's one to yeah. know. So I loathe that he was in the game in the fourth quarter. I loathe the uh, quick series. I believe it was in the third quarter by the offense where they went three and out on all pass plays. If you're, if you're running the football, at least decently against Minnesota, you want to drain clock. I still believe. I still think they had the lead at that point, and they just rushed the offense with a quick series. It reminded me of Mark Whipple, and I hated it. One thing that I liked was the special teams. We mentioned it already, but Ed Foley did a spectacular job on um, the coverage units. I mean, uh, Ramir Johnson, you know, basically sparking you know our only touchdown with that sixty-three or whatever yard kickoff return to kind of open the second half. So that was a huge play, and uh, it, it was good to actually. You know, for the first time in a long time when, like, the kicking game kind of went out on the field, like, I was kind of excited because you felt like you were going to see some quality play from the Huskers on special teams. So good to see that, Coach Foley. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing that I really liked was the play of Omar Brown. He had five tackles and an interception. Uh, he, You know, during the spring, he kept mentioning how he really liked this defense. And, you know, he really hasn't gotten a fair shot to play at Nebraska so far. That changed on Thursday, and he made the most of it. What I loathe was the red zone interception, the goal of the, the end zone interception. You just can't yeah. do that. And, uh, you know, I felt like Nebraska was going to win the game. And at that point, I was like, oh, you know, and I still thought we were going to overcome it. But at the end of the day, if Nebraska, you know, executes inside the 10, and I guess I could just say I'd load the, you know, goal to go execution because they had two goal to go drives and got three mm-hmm. points. 
So, I mean, if you get 14 points in those drives, like this game's not even close in the fourth quarter. And, you know, say what you will, but quarterbacks, you know, the money, and obviously the offensive line screwed him twice with penalties, but yeah. quarterbacks still got to make plays in the red zone, and we, we just didn't do it. What I loathed was the uh, disconcerting signals penalty by Luke Reimer. It seems like he is always, always the uh, disconcerting signals penalty guy. I have never seen that in any other college football game besides Nebraska. I know it's tough to hear, but, you know, he's got to realize that, you know, you you got to communicate with your teammates some other way, but disconcerting signals drives me up a wall. That that does, yeah, that was that was a dumb penalty. And I feel bad for him, but, you know, yeah. that's the rule, so you got to figure it out. Um, what I liked was Alex Bullock, um, yeah. you know, made a couple nice catches, caught the touchdown, but he had a couple other nice plays there. So it was good to see him. You know, it was, uh, I don't know if people got a chance to see the video of him, um, you know, getting awarded the scholarship and calling his dad, you know, and, um, you know, tearing up and stuff. That's that's the, the stuff that you love about this program. It was good to see some walk-on dudes get get some nice playing time, you know, um, kind of bring that tradition back. And that was one thing I liked was to see Alex Bullock uh, get in the end zone. What I liked was the, um, you know, switching up personnel defensively by Tony White. He brought a lot of different players in, you know, on different series throughout defense, kept everything fresh changed the look of the defense a little bit to confuse the offense. And, you know, for the most part, I think that strategy was really sound. You know, the defense played at a high level and a lot of players were able to get on the field. That is not only good for strategy, but it's good for recruiting too. Hey, we'll put you on the field if you can play. And they showed that on Thursday. One final thing I loathe was um, the targeting penalty on Ty Robinson. I yep. mean, I understand roughing the passer. I think, yeah, sure, you could give him the roughing the passer, but he should not have been ejected. And I think he has to miss half of this game against Colorado because of that first penalty. half, I believe. Yeah. So I mean, I just like there's there was no intent there for him to hurt the player at all, and I just thought that that was like why why do you have replay? If you're not going to get the calls correct, you know, like the the missed touchdown, you know, the targeting call, it was clearly not targeting to me. And and it really disappointed me that Ty Robinson now has to miss a game for what I thought was a totally sure it deserved maybe a penalty, but it wasn't it wasn't targeting, in my opinion, in any way, shape or form. They need to change that rule. You just took mine, but I can think of another thing really quickly. Uh, you know, honestly, Jeff Sims' ability to pass the football, I mean, you know, it's it was really concerning to watch him, you know, try to pass. He looked kind of, you know, hesitant when trying to pass. He didn't go – he locked on his receiver, which made it easy for the defense. And if he continues to do that, it's going to be a long year. I know people want to, you know, throw Satterfeld under the bus. I thought he had a decent game, you know. But when you have a quarterback that, quite honestly, didn't show a ton in terms of passing skill set on Thursday, you're limited. And it's very clear that, you know, Sims – Sims struggled on Thursday. I hope he gets things turned around. But, you know, like you mentioned, look at his stats. And, you know, what 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 we saw on Thursday is what we might get through the entire season. Yeah, definitely. I'm very worried about that. We'll see on, you know, and we'll see on Saturday how things go. Um, hopefully, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, he's finding out what it, what it means to be a Nebraska quarterback this week. This ain't Georgia Tech. So, you know, hopefully he can rally and, and play, you know, one of his best games this week and get people off his back a little bit. Um, my last thing that I liked and we mentioned, I mentioned it already, but the tackling, I mean, there was guys flying to the football, you know, there was some big hits, you know, there wasn't a ton of missed tackles and, uh, that was refreshing. And I thought that was a really good sign moving forward was that this team was flying to the football and, and tackling really physically. Uh, you know, one more thing I loathed was Nebraska fans calling for Matt rule to be fired after one game. I mean, shut up. It's one game. Shut up. You know, you know, Dion looks great and everything. And. You know, he got 
all he he has better players and things like that but i mean it's one game you know talk to me after year one or you know even even six games into the season i mean matt rules here for the long term dion is going to bold as the next great opportunity so you know just shut up about you know matt rule and dion and things like that and I wouldn't want to be the Nebraska head coach. That's all I got to say. It's 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 rough in Lincoln, and you know that that's why I stayed off Twitter after after Thursday's game. It was brutal. It it was brutal, and it's just yeah, it's 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 depressing. But no, I mean it's too early to be sitting here talking about Matt Rule being fired. I mean there was a lot of positive things. It's just I know it was this look. I know it was the same old Scott Frost stuff. But Matt Rule is right that that none of that other stuff had anything to do with him. So let's see how this season plays out. And you made a really good point. Yeah, Deion Sanders, maybe he is going to be the next, you know, great thing at Colorado, but he's not going to stay at Colorado. You know, if he, if he, if they win a bunch, he's going to be gone in two or three years. And like you said, Matt Rule's going to be here for a long time, I think, if everything works out and, you know, we'll be cranking out nine, 10 win seasons. Um, but yeah, the, this, this game is going to be a challenge, but look, I, I like it because like I, I wrote for HuskerBigRed.com, if, if Nebraska can come out and win this game, that will totally change the narrative about and Nebraska football will be the talk of college football then, you know, like, oh, Nebraska barely beat Minnesota, but they came out and beat Colorado and, you know, da, 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 da. So, I mean, even though, um, you know, it's it doesn't feel great right now, things can change really quickly in this sport and one win can totally, you know, turn around your season. So we'll see what happens Saturday. I, I feel like Nebraska is going to be motivated. Um you know, I, I think they're going to be out to prove something that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. I mean, they'll probably go out there and play great for three quarters and at some point have a 90 percent chance to win and then probably look, <laughs> you know, like probably blow it. But um, <laughs> I don't I don't think Colorado is going to run away with this one, I guess, is the main point I'm trying to make. Their secondary is really good. And so between Jeff Sims, you know, struggling to throw the football in their secondary, I would try to run with Sims and run with the running backs as much as possible, because I do think they have a very good secondary. Like I said earlier, I don't think their front seven is particularly strong, you know, especially on the left side. So I try to run it and control the clock as much as possible. Give your defense a rest offensively because I think they're going to have their hands full on Saturday, and that's not a knock on them. That just speaks to, you know, like like we said earlier, I think it was four receivers with over 100 yards for Colorado. I mean, sure, it's TCU, but they have some playmakers over there in Boulder. Well, they definitely do, and you know, I can see. Um, I'm. I would think that Quentin Newsom would be would be handling Travis Hunter. That would be my thought. And then, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. You know what they're going to do with the guy that really scares me is Edwards out of the backfield. You know, mm-hmm. because running backs, you know, quick players out of the backfield give Nebraska trouble. Um, I don't know any if there's anybody you know in the linebacking core that can cover that dude. I really don't think there is. So I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. There. I don't know if they'll, you know have some i don't know well that's why tony white gets paid the big bucks right you got to try to figure that out but but edwards is the guy that really scares me on those little passes out of the backfield because you get a guy like that in space and uh you know like like we saw on saturday i mean he, he scored four touchdowns so i mean as much as everybody's talking about hunter and sanders like he was just as big a reason why they won that game so and it shows you know freshmen can make an impact and that's why you know i would like to see nebraska do everything it can to try to get malachi coleman on the field because you know, like even if he doesn't know the offense or the plays or whatever, like he's got, you know, a skill set that not everybody has. And I think they they did do a good job with Jalen Lloyd to getting him out there. So hopefully we see some more of that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to have to be, you know, Nebraska playing ball control, you know, like running the football, trying to put together long drives, like milking the clock and 
trying to keep the ball away from that offense and you know as much as possible like Nebraska, if i'm nebraska i want this to be like 110 play game you know what i mean like and that's not very many plays but that would be exactly that would work right into the the favor of the cornhuskers i think on saturday and you saw how quickly the first quarter went with uh, no stoppages on first down yeah. man it, it flew so i mean nebraska could work this in their favor i mean i think if they you know focus more on passing the football you know, I think that favors Colorado. I, I don't want to get into a shootout situation with Colorado because I think they win that 10 times out of 10 right now. And one thing, too, you know, it's just a, not that we want to run Jeff Sims a lot, but um, after this there, you know, you do have, you know, the, the easier part of the schedule, I guess I'll say, with Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. So maybe it's, you know, it wouldn't, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Jeff Sims running the ball like 15 times on Saturday. Not that that's what I want, but Nebraska does need to win it. Like, this is a really important game, not – not only for this season, um, but I mean, look, if you want to talk about making a bowl game, like, you know, this is a big game to win. And, and you know, because if not, then Nebraska, if Nebraska doesn't win this game, then they're going to have to win, you know, f- at least four games in the Big Ten to get to the get to a bowl game. And that's not going to necessarily be easy either. So I think it's important and just to have some momentum and, you know, it's it just would be nice to, you know, look in all these years, like with Scott Frost and stuff to to go into conference play with like a not actually like a win over legitimate team. Like when's, when's the last time Nebraska like beat somebody legitimate? I mean, Iowa last year they did, but it's just, it's been a long time. So it would be nice to, to notch one up there. And you know, that the, I mean, the view, the viewership for this game is going to be absolutely insane. It's probably going to be the most watched game. Well, I guess Alabama and Texas are playing Saturday night, but a lot of people are going to watch this game. And, you know, kind of a little off topic here. I'm tired of opening, uh, you know, against conference opponents. I feel like we need, like, an easy school to open things up. Hopefully hopefully down the road that will happen. But playing against a conference opponent in week one is tough. And, you know, the first two games are supposed to be not the easy games, but the games to uh, get your feet wet and get settled in. That's not the case for Nebraska this year. And Colorado uh, is certainly not going to be an easy test. Yeah, it should be. It will be fun, though. It'll be fun to, you know, have both teams kind of, you know, cause it's been a long time since people were excited about Colorado football. And, um, you know, I know Nebraska fans obviously weren't excited about that first game, but the fixed the energy will be there by Saturday. Everybody's going to be looking forward to this one. And so that will be fun. Um, but it would be great to be Coach Prime. But, yeah, it's going to be. You know, I thought Nebraska would come in here and, you know, have a great chance of winning this game a few weeks ago. And I still think they do have a good chance. But. Colorado's a lot better than we all anticipated. So, you know, we just have to realize that the line's been crazy. I mean, it went from, I think Nebraska was an eight and a half point favorite to now most of the lines have Nebraska as a three point underdog. So, you know, um, but still it's interesting because last week we were seven and a half point underdogs to Minnesota. So it's like, you know, you can't always trust the, you can't always trust the odds makers. They're a good predictor for sure, but you're right. You can't always trust them. And I'm just looking for a game where, you know, we're competitive and, you know, we clean up the mistakes. I would love to see more Ramir and um, Gabe Irvin in the backfield. And I don't want to completely shut out Anthony Grant, but I have to wonder about, you know, the, the fumbling issues that the coaching staff talked about, you know, earlier in the in the preseason. You know, how big of a role can he have in the offense with those issues, you know, still apparently very much a problem? Yeah, and it's, it's unfortunate that it reared its head the way that it did, but, you know, 
you could see he only had one hand on the ball. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, it's a, it's like put two hands on the ball, dude. You had the first down. I mean, I get it's harder to run with, but you know that's ball protection is more important. You know, ball security is the most important thing. You know, when you're in a four minute offense, and it's like, you know, even if Nebraska has to punt the ball in that situation and make, you know, I don't know that Minnesota could have driven the ball ninety yards down the field to beat us. You know, to tie to score a touchdown to tie that game, but you know that. So I don't know. It just was really frustrating and. You know, to he broke that play out, and it was like, oh man, he's going for a first down. And then you just saw the ball pop out, and it just was, I was like, oh no. And it was here we go again, the same you know nightmare, and can't can't close it out. You know, the one score game. You know, the fourth quarter lead. You know, it's just it's horrible to be you know leading college football in those two categories. You know, since the I think it it might even go back to before the frost era. It might even have to do some with Mike Riley, but. I don't and know. I Matt Rule just can't start 0-2. Can't start 0-2. And I knew that touchdown was coming right right when Minnesota got the ball back. And it was just like watching a train wreck. Again. Oh yeah. Yeah. Again. Like basically, like once once uh once Grant fumbled, it just I knew it was over. I just I knew that the game was I knew it was gonna happen. And it's like, you know, uh you just when there's there's just nothing either you can do to stop it, obviously, but you can just foresee what's going to happen and and uh, after the Jeff after the Jeff Sims interception, like I just started writing stuff. I just started writing. You know, I just I didn't even basically watch the ending because I just knew like it was. I mean, I had it on. Like I obviously heard him kick it, but I wasn't like sitting there like you know watch. Like I, it was a foregone conclusion at that point what was going to happen. So it's just I'm sick of seeing, you know, I'm sick of seeing Nebraska give games away, and and that's what they did on Thursday. Nobody will ever convince me otherwise. Minnesota had no business winning that game, but. You know, and, and and people say, oh, it was close. You know, it was like, yeah, Nebraska had, you know, like they want to say like, oh, this this game was so much better than some of the Frost ones. Well, Nebraska looked pretty good against Michigan State for, you know, 57 minutes in 2021 when they were undefeated uh, and nationally ranked. Yeah. You know, they did the same thing against Michigan in 2021, undefeated, number two in the country. Nebraska had the ball driving down the field for a game-winning field goal, and Adrian Martinez drops it, and they lose the game. And that, you know what I mean? So it's like they should have won that game too. Ohio State, they had a great chance to win, I think, maybe 2020. Might, maybe it might have been uh, 2021. Um, but they just they cannot close out games. It was 2021. I remember that game. 2021. Yeah, that entire season, they couldn't close out games. And Thursday felt very much like 2021. A game relied on, you know, defense with a struggling quarterback. So close, but they just couldn't finish it. It brought back all the bad memories of 2021 all over again. Yeah, and so I mean that that team was a good team, and it didn't get to a bowl game. So I mean, hopefully this team will figure it out. Jeff Sims, I think, is going to be the key cog, and he cannot keep turning that. You can't win if you turn the football over. I mean, that's the, I mean, the glaring stat. I thought I think you know going into the Minnesota game, you know, is over the last five years or basically since the start of the Frost era, Nebraska's averaged one point seven seven turnovers per game, which obviously that went up a little bit more on Thursday. Minnesota's averaged one point zero two. So basically, Minnesota averages almost one turnover less per game than Nebraska. And that that stat alone is the reason why they're winning nine games a year and we're winning four or five. Right. And, you know, it all goes back to what we talked about earlier. You know, last week, P.J. Flack coach teams are very disciplined. They know they know what their strengths and weaknesses are and they know their identity. And right now, Nebraska's still trying to figure it out and. I am very interested to see what the identity of this team will be offensively and if there will be one or if this will just be 
a team whose identity is, you know, play well defensively and hope the offense doesn't turn it over. All I can say is that uh, Danny Dimes can't get uh, college eligible fast enough at this point, you know. Same thing with Hall and McMorris because we need those playmakers at wide receiver. And while and while we're at it, throw in Carter Nelson if nobody's going to do anything at tight end. But we'll see. It's only one game. But, I mean, you look at the 2024 class and they check off a lot of boxes that we need right now. Ugh. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it'll be, you know, Carter Nelson's been tearing it up, so it'll be fun to see, you know, what some of those Hunter guys do. Booth, the running back has been, yeah. uh, he, he was he was going bananas on uh, Friday. So we need that too, apparently, because <laughs> because every cause even our running backs are not up to par. So, you yeah, know, he had over 300 yards on Friday night. He may be more than just, you know, a walk on player. He may actually make an impact, but I mean, man. Just trust the process. It's year one of a rebuild. And, you know, I'm excited for 2024, but I'm also excited for right now. And we'll see what happens next weekend. Next weekend will, I think, tell a lot. It will. And, yeah, I mean, for just my last thought, I mean, yeah, even if even if Matt Rule has a losing season this year, which nobody wants to hear, it's it's uh, it's too early to fire him. Don't let's let's just calm down, hop off the ledge uh-huh. and let's let the season play out. But uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. So. Thanks, you guys, for listening to another episode. Make sure that you guys subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Um, hit the like. Please comment. Let us know what you think about you know this game. I know everybody's in a tough spot right now as a Nebraska <laughs> fan. It's hard to yeah. be a Nebraska fan. Let's just say it. It is hard yep. to be a Nebraska football fan, but uh, we're here to get through it together. Um, and uh, we'll have another pregame. Uh, we'll have a pregame stream, I believe, this week. We got a, Our schedules kind of got mixed up a little bit last week, so it didn't quite happen. And then, of course, we just was too depressing to try to do yeah. a postgame stream. <laughs> that, would not have, that would not have been good. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, join us on Saturday morning. We'll do a, we'll do a Nebraska football chat, and uh, we'll get you guys ready for Colorado Nebraska on Saturday. So uh, thanks again, everybody. Check out HuskerBigRed.com. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.